So how many here have ever been sick? Anybody not raising their hand? How many know somebody that's been sick? You know, we all do. Healing is a universal need in our world today. And Jesus is the healer. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means that uh, what he did back 2,000 years ago, he's still doing today. We're going to talk about healing this morning. Um, You know, I, I, I don't know what your problem is today in many cases, but I believe that God wants to touch you physically in a new and fresh way and bring healing uh, to your life. Seven out of ten, uh, there are seven miracles recorded for us in the Gospel of John. And four out of seven of them were healings. And healing was intrinsic to Jesus' ministry. Both then and today. Jesus is not the great I was. He is the great I am. Sometimes we read the Gospel of John and we we read these miracles and we know that in John they're called signs. So they're meant to point us to a deeper spiritual reality. But sometimes we spiritualize these miracles and we leapfrog over the reality that Jesus actually healed people. And, uh, you know, I mean, change the water to wine. Well, that reminds us of the new covenant. He opened the eyes of the blind, reminds us Jesus is the light of the world. He multiplied the loaves and fish. And that reminds us Jesus is the bread of life, etc., etc. But I'm here today to remind us that Jesus heals real people with real diseases in real space and time. And I'm going to invite Ron Winslow to come up for just a minute. And I asked him to give a short minute testimony about the way Jesus healed him. Ron, share with us. Fifteen months ago, I had surgery on my left arm for a detached bicep. Everything went well. The surgery was successful. But in the process of having the surgery, I ended up with a pinched nerve in my neck. And it... uh, it was so painful, it would go all the way down my arm into my fingers, and it felt like it was on fire. I tried medication, I tried physical therapy, chiropractic services, even trigger point injections, and none of that worked. None of the things that we as people go and put our trust in worked. I came here for a healing service few weeks ago on a Friday, and uh, the speaker said, who's in pain right now? And boy, my hand went right up. And uh, he, uh, he looked at me and he said, uh, what's your level of pain right now? I said, it's an eight. So he reached over and touched me in the nape of my neck and he began to pray. And as he prayed, I could feel the release of that nerve. And by the time he got done praying, the pain level was down to a three. By Sunday, I didn't have any pain left. 
Does, does God heal today? Absolutely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Teresa, I'm going to ask you to come up. I have no idea what she's going to say, but uh, I asked her to say a few words. <laughs> Microphone, dangerous thing. Um, so I first started believing in God because I saw miracles happen, and I decided it was then illogical for me not to believe in the existence of God. Um, and about 10 years ago, I started studying about healing and getting more active and praying for people who needed healing. And um, since then, I have seen so many miracles, I can't even count them. Um, and I can't even keep track of them. Um, I have prayed for a number of people in here um, who have back pain or ankle pain or knee pain, neck pain, and seen God bring relief to that. Um, I have prayed prayed for someone here who had um, whose child had a, a brain tumor and went back for more testing, and then they couldn't find the tumor. I prayed for some woman here who had uterine problems, and she went back for testing, and the, the problem had disappeared. Um, those are so exciting when that happens. Two of the most exciting ones, I prayed for a woman up in Monroe, Michigan, who was wearing hearing aids, and um, I got to pray for her, and she took the hearing aids out, and she could then hear so that was very exciting. And then one of the most exciting was I prayed for a man who was blind in his left eye. And um, I prayed for him, and he said, well, I, I can see a little bit, but it's still a little fuzzy. So we prayed again, and I think we actually prayed a third time. And then he went, I can see. I can see perfectly. And even though I was full of faith, I went, really? You can see? <laughs> and so he said, I can see. So he started screaming. I started screaming. We were so excited about it. So when God uses you to pray for somebody like that and you see them healed, it is just like flying. So I now ask perfect strangers all the time. Like I just go up to them and I say, you know, sometimes when I pray for people, God heals them. Would you like me to pray for you? And they, I've only been turned down once that I remember, but there's probably twice because I ask a lot of people. And so... Um, he, and it is exciting to see God bring healing to people. Thank you, Teresa. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I believe God has something special in store for you. Um, we're going to dig into the passage here a little bit in John 5. We've, we've seen it uh, portrayed for us on the video, but uh, Jesus came to Jerusalem. He, he went to a place called Bethesda. It was a five, col- five porches surrounding a, a pool. And uh, the word Bethesda means house of mercy. And I pray that this will become a house of mercy uh, for you today. Um, there were lots of people there because the pool that was there was some kind of a spring. Some traditions say that an angel would come down and touch the water, and when the water was stirred, the first person or first couple people into the pool would be healed. Uh, Others aren't sure. We're not given a, a definitive explanation of why these waters had healing powers. But there there was therapeutic value to getting in the water when the water was intermittently stirred. And Jesus 
shows up. It's busy. It's like the, the, an emergency room of a hospital when it's really busy. And Jesus walked up to an individual. We don't know who else he may have gone to. This is the only instance recorded in John. A man who had been sick for 38 years, paralyzed, couldn't walk, had no one to put him in the water. Probably everybody had given up on him by then. And when you've been sick that long, chances are that you've lost hope. You are helpless and you are hopeless. And I wondered, you know, why did Jesus pick this guy? And I suspect it's because Jesus has a soft spot in his heart for those who are helpless and hopeless. And, you know, maybe that's you today. You know, you, there has been some circumstance in your life. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's an emotional state or a set of circumstances that has you so oppressed that you've reached a point of hopelessness. And my prayer for you today is that you will find hope and help from Jesus. And so he asks the man a very strange question. The word preposterous comes to my mind when I think about the question Jesus asked. Because he looks at the guy who's been paralyzed for 38 years and he says, do you want to be healed? Duh, you know. Um, but then you start thinking about it and, and you realize maybe that is a good question. Sometimes I think we suffer from something for so long that we make our peace with it. We come to terms. We tell ourselves, well, that's the way it must be. That's the way it's going to be. I might as well get used to it. And so I think that's a good question for all of us. Do you want to be healed? And unfortunately, uh, sometimes we give up hope. Of being helped. We give up hope of getting better. And we do that sometimes because sometimes we develop a codependency on our illness. You know, we, when you're sick for a while, you get a lot of attention. And there is a certain predictability to it, as miserable as we may be. And uh, it's a guilt-free excuse, maybe not to pursue things that are more challenging or, or, or involve more risk. And so we have to be careful not to settle in for a life that's diminished, 
by our illness, because there are some tem- there's sometimes some temptation to do that. We we give give up hope of of of, of we give up on getting better because sometimes we like playing the blame game. We tell ourselves or we tell others, well, my my dad had it, my grandpa had it, my, my dad had AFib, my brothers have AFib, therefore I'm going to have AFib. It's okay to have AFib. No, it's not. You know, it runs in the family. How often do we hear that? Or it's the stress that I'm under. Or it's the person I'm married to. Or, you know, it's aging. I'm getting older. These things are to be expected. Those are all ways that we justify feeling bad. Being miserable. And if we repeat it often enough, it becomes a self-fulfilling declaration, a kind of a curse that we bring down on ourselves. Sometimes we, we, uh, we give up on getting better because we uh, create a theology that gives us uh, uh, an explanation for why we aren't healed. So we say, well, those things happen in the New Testament times, but they don't happen today, which isn't true. But we tell ourselves that. And we justify our, our, our complacency in the face of those things that are hurting us and diminishing the quality of our life. Sometimes we give up on getting better because we, uh, we, we, we have substituted the medical community for God. And don't take me wrong here. I, I deeply appreciate those that have studied, have trained, who provide medical care, and I avail myself of it whenever it is needed. I encourage you to do the same. But sometimes we begin to tell ourselves, well, if the doctors can't cure this, then I have to live with it. Or it, it does... Do the limits of modern medicine define the limits of God? I don't think so. Sometimes we give up on getting better because we have developed an inferiority complex. And we tell ourselves, well, I'm not worthy to be healed. I Uh, don't deserve it, I've done bad things, or there are other people that are more important than I am, and and, uh, God rations these things out, you know. Uh, Or, or you know, I don't deserve it. There are people that are worse off than I am. Their problems are, are the ones that we need to pray for, not mine. And there's a mixture of all kinds of things in there, but listen, don't believe that for a minute. You are God's beloved daughter, His beloved son. And anything that is a concern to you, that causes you discomfort or pain or disability, dysfunction, 
is a concern to your Father who is in heaven. Sometimes we give up on getting better because it hurts to have hope. And, you know, we've been disappointed so many times. We've lived with the expectation that there's going to be an answer somewhere. And again and again and again, you know, we've been let down. And so we just give up. Because we don't want to continue to experience disappointment. We've been prayed for over and over and over again. We've gone to healing meetings. You know, we've gone through this and that. And nothing happens. And we get hurt all over again. I know as a pastor, I struggle with this. Because I, I can, I mean, I, I, I can look out here and I, I know what's wrong with a lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in a well, in a good sense. Uh, but you know, I, I know a lot of times if you've got aches and pains, if you're scheduled to have surgery, if you've had surgery, it doesn't work out. If you're being treated for this or that, and you know, over time, you know that the cumulative effect of that. Wears you down. There are moments when it hits me and I just break down and weep, literally. Because it gives me great sorrow to see so many lives diminished by disease. And I don't believe that that's the way it needs to be. But we pray and we pray and we pray and we continue to pray. And I mean, occasionally we see answers, but not often enough. And so, you know, part of me, the cynical part of me, on a bad day just says, why bother? Oh, I'll pray, but I don't believe it's going to do any good. On those days. Because it's my job to pray. (laughs) I'm just being honest with you. Part of me says, why bother? But there's another part of me. That has an unshakable conviction. That we do not need to surrender to the diseases that afflict us so often. That disease is not from God. That Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That healing is intrinsic to Jesus' ministry then and now. That people all over the world are being healed on the mission field. And I read about it and I see about it. And why not here? That Jesus is the healer. He is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's not the great I was. He is the great I am. And I refuse to believe the lie that God wants His children to suffer. 
and that he does not want to bring healing to our lives. So I will continue to pray for you. And I will not give up hope. And today, you know, we want to pray. And uh, I'm going to invite you to believe with me. When Jesus asked this preposterous question to the paralytic, the man said, well, I don't have anybody to put me in the water. That's my excuse. And, uh, you know, Jesus didn't ask him for any great faith. We don't even know what the man's answer was to the question, do you want to be healed? All we are told is that Jesus looked at him and he said, rise, take up your pallet and walk. Rise, take up your pallet and walk. The power of Jesus' word. The word that brought all creation into being, brought strength. And healing to this man's muscles, to his nerves, to his bones, to his brain, and enabled him to get up and walk. John says later in his Gospel that these seven signs that he has in his Gospel, four of which are healings, were written... A lot of other things Jesus did. But these seven were written in order that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that believing you might have life in His name. I don't think that life, as we talked last week, means just pie in the sky by and by. When you die, you go to heaven. It means God's life now which has an impact on your, your, your spirit and your soul and your emotions, but also on your body. And so I want to invite you today, if you have pain anywhere in your body, if there's some disability, if there's disease that you're struggling with, whatever it may be, to believe with me that Jesus... Jesus is going to touch you and heal you. What I'm going to do now, I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than what I just said. But I'm just going to to walk around the room. It's a little different. But I just visualize, this is just the way I visualize it, Jesus walking around the room and speaking to you and to me. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me and just imagine Jesus who is here speaking to you. Rise. Take up your pallet and walk. Backs Be healed. Pain, go. 
hips and knees be restored. Headaches go away. Energy and strength return. Diseases of the muscles and the nerve system go. Fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue go. By the authority of Jesus, we say these things. I am your healer. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Eyes be open and see. Ears be open and hear. Skin be healed. Afflictions of the mind and emotions go. Darkness be dispelled. I am the light of the world. By my stripes, you are healed. Your sins and your sicknesses I have borne on the cross. Heaven is invading earth. Be blessed. I love you. I am your healer. We wait upon you, Lord. We look to you. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We thank you. each body hearts kidneys be healed be strengthened be restored be brought back into rhythm cancer go you have no place in my children. I am your healer. Be cleansed by my word. Be healed in my name. Be renewed, be restored. mount up with wings as eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. Only believe. Put your trust in me.
blockages go. Stomachs and digestive tracts be healed, be restored to full function. I set my people free from disease. Wherever there is a curse, I release my blessings. I release my love. My healing power has no limits. Turn to me. Believe today. You are not helpless. You are not hopeless. You have me. Jesus, thank you that you are not the great I was, you are the great I am. And Lord, may there be healing, may there be joy, and may it rise for your glory. May there be stories and testimonies to share. May this become a house of mercy. May your churches become places of healing. May restoration of the body become intrinsic to the ministry of your people. In your name we pray. Amen.